Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of the Old Testament Podcast. This episode is going to be regarding Abraham, chapter 3. A little introduction first. We were schooled in the principles of righteousness by our Father in heaven and his Son personally. Doctrine and Covenants 138 says, Even before they were born, they, with many others, received their first lessons in the world of spirits and were prepared to come forth in in the due time of the Lord to labor in his vineyard for the salvation of the souls of men. In other words, uh, it was planned on when we would come to earth and what time frame it would be, which dispensation we would come. And uh, so we are here by divine appointment. I like that phrase. So let's begin with Abraham chapter 1, verse 1. And I, Abraham, had the Urim and Thummim, which the Lord my God had given unto me in Ur of the Chaldees. And I saw the stars, that they were very great, and that one of them was nearest unto the throne of God. And there were many great ones, which were near unto it. We often think of Abraham going into Egypt to be taught astronomy by them, but this indicates that Abraham probably taught the Egyptians the things he learned from God. Verse 3, And the Lord said unto me, These are the governing ones, and the name of the great one is Kolob, because it is near unto me, for I am the Lord thy God. I have set this one to govern all those which belong to the same order as that upon which thou standest. And the Lord said unto me, By the Urim and Thummim, that Kolob was after the manner of the Lord, according to its times and seasons, and the revolutions thereof, that one revolution was a day unto the Lord after his manner of reckoning, it being one thousand years, according to the time appointed unto that whereon thou standest. This is the reckoning of the Lord's time, according to the reckoning of Kolob. In other words, one day on Kolob is a thousand years to us on earth and that Kolob is the one upon which all the time is uh, is recorded. Often it's uh, asked, is, is there really time uh, among immortals? We know that uh, from Joseph Smith that uh, to God, the past, present, and future is one eternal now, but that doesn't mean that time doesn't pass, uh, because one earth uh, is replaced by another after uh, an earth is finished, and so uh, these, uh, these all continue. So there is time that happens. It's just... Uh, For us on earth, uh, it's quick, and on Kolob, it seems slow. But anyway, that's how it is. Verse 5, And the Lord said unto me, The planet which is the lesser light, meaning the moon, lesser than that which is to rule the day, even the night, is above or greater than that upon which thou standest in point of reckoning, for it moveth in order more, more slow. This is in order because it standeth above the earth upon which thou standest. Therefore the reckoning of its time is not so many as to its number of days and of months and of years. In other words, the, the moon revolves around itself much slower than the earth does. So one orbit around the moon Uh, or one rotation of the moon, is about 28 or 29 days, whereas uh, a revolution around the earth is 24 hours. Verse 6, And the Lord said unto me, Now, Abraham, these two facts exist. Behold, thine eyes see it. It is given unto thee to know the times of reckoning and the set time, yea, the set time of the earth upon which thou standest, and the set time of the greater light, which is set to rule the day, and the set time of the lesser light, which is set to rule the night. Now, the set time of the lesser light is a longer time, as to its reckoning than the reckoning of the time of the earth upon which thou standest. And 
where these two facts exist, there shall be another fact above them, that is, there shall be another planet whose reckoning of time shall be longer still. As you go through the, the rotations of the planets, you can also see some of the how long some of those are it takes to, to rotate on itself, and uh, some of them are longer than, than Earth, and some of them are shorter. So that's what he's talking about here. Verse 9, And thus there shall be a reckoning of the time of the one planet above another, until thou come nigh unto Kolob, which Kolob is after the reckoning of the Lord's time, which Kolob is set nigh unto the throne of God, to govern all those planets which belong to the same order as that upon which thou standest. And it is given unto thee to know the set time of all the stars that are set to give light, until thou come near unto the throne of God. Thus I, Abraham, talked with the Lord face to face, as one man talketh with another. And he told the and he told me of the works which his hands had made. And he said unto me, My son, my son, and his hands were stretched out. Behold, I will show you all these. And he put his hand upon mine eyes, and I saw these those things which his hands had made, which were, ma- which were many. And they multiplied before mine eyes, and I could not see the end thereof. And he said unto me, This is Shinaha, which is the sun. And he said unto me, Kokob, which is star. And he said unto me, Olia, which is the moon. And he said unto me, Cocobim, which signifies stars, or all the great lights, which were in the firmament of heaven. And it was in the night time, when the Lord spake these words unto me, and I will multiply thee and thy seed after thee, like unto these. And if thou canst count the number of sands, so shall be the number of thy seeds. And the Lord said unto me, Abraham, I show thee these things, I show these things unto thee before ye go into Egypt, that ye may declare all these words. So, in other words, Abraham is being taught by God to teach the Egyptians. 16. If two things exist, and there be one above the other, there shall be greater things above them. Therefore, Kolob is the greatest of all the Kokobim, or stars, that thou hast seen, because it is nearest unto me. Now, if there be two things, one above the other, and the moon be above the earth, then it may be that a planet or a star may exist above it. And there is nothing that the Lord thy God shall take in his heart to do but what he will do it. In other words, if God thinks it, he's going to do it. We must learn to envision only that which is noble, godly, and righteous. We must have a vision of who we are and what we can do. That was out of the Latter-day Saint commentary in the Old Testament. Vision without effort is daydreaming. Effort without vision is drudgery, but vision coupled with effort will obtain the prize. That was by President Monson. Gordon B. Hinckley said, This is the business of the church, to open the vision of men to eternal verities and to prompt them to take a stand for equity and decency, for virtue, sobriety, and goodness. So we should be having good thoughts. 18. How be it that that he made the greater star, as also if there be two spirits, and one shall be more intelligent than the other, yet these, these two spirits, notwithstanding one is more intelligent than the other, have no beginning. They existed before they shall have no end. They shall exist after, for they are nolem or eternal. So in other words, uh, as Elder, uh, I think it was Elder Maxwell that said, we are co-eternal with God, not co-equal with God, but co-eternal. We've always existed. I know that's a concept that's difficult for for us to understand that there was no beginning, but uh, I also have a video that I've made that talks about the creation and and uh, the Big Bang theory and all these things. Uh, if you want to look for that on my on my uh, YouTube video site, you're welcome to look. Uh, it's it's about the plan of salvation and it's called the No Beginning Story or something like that, the Never Beginning Story. That's it.
Verse 19, And the Lord said unto me, These two facts do exist, that there are two spirits, one being more intelligent than the other. There shall be another more intelligent than they. I am the Lord thy God. I am more intelligent than they all. And this is a quote by Joseph Smith. He said, I believe that this means more than that God is more intelligent than any other other one of the intelligences. It means that he is more intelligent than all of the other intelligences combined. His intelligence is greater than that of the mass and has led me to say in the second yearbook of the 70s, it is that fact doubtless which makes this one more intelligent than them all. God, he is the one all-wise one, the all-powered one, What he tells other intelligences to do must be precisely the wisest, fittest thing that they could anywhere or anyhow learn. The thing which it always will behoove them, the right royal or the right loyal thankfulness, the nothing doubting to do, and nothing doubting to do. There goes with this too the thought that this all wise one will be the unselfish one, the all loving one, the one who desires that which is highest and best, not for himself alone, but for all and that will be best for him too. His glory, his power, his joy will be enhanced by the uplifting of all, by enlarging them, by increasing their joy, power, and glory. And because this all-intelligent one is all this, and does all this, the other intelligences worship him, submit their judgments and their will to to, to his judgment and his will. He knows and can do that which is best, and this submission of the mind to the most intelligent, wisest, wiser than all, is worship. This is the whole meaning of the doctrine and the life of the Christ expressed in Father, not my will, but thine be done. That was, again, by Joseph Smith. Verse 20, The Lord thy God sent his angel to deliver thee from the hands of the priest of Elkanah. I dwell in the midst of them all. I now now therefore have come down unto thee to declare unto thee the works which my hands have made, wherein my wisdom exceedeth them all. For I rule in the heavens above and in the earth beneath in all wisdom and prudence. Over all the intelligences thine eyes have seen from the beginning. I came down in the beginning in the midst of all the intelligences thou hast seen. The first principle of man are self-existent with God. God himself, finding he was in the midst of spirits and glory because he was more intelligent, saw proper to institute laws. Now, I want you to be thinking of this in terms of this is what you will be doing. This is not just to help us understand what God has done, but to show us or point us in the direction that this is where we are headed if we live worthy enough to be exalted. He saw proper to institute laws whereby the rest could have a privilege to advance like himself. The relationship we have with God places us in a situation to advance in knowledge. He has power to institute laws to instruct the weaker intelligences that they may be exalted with himself so that they might have one glory upon another. And all that knowledge, power, glory, and intelligence, which is requisite in order to save them in the world of spirits. This is good doctrine. It tastes good. I can taste the principles of eternal life, and so can you. They are given to me by the revelations of Jesus Christ, and I I know that when I tell you these words of eternal life, as they are given to me, you taste them, and I know that you believe them. You say, honey is sweet, and so do I. I can also taste the spirit of eternal life. I know it is good. And when I tell you of these things... Excuse me. Which were given me by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you are bound to receive them as sweet and rejoice more and more. Again, that was by Joseph Smith. Verse 22 Now the Lord had shown unto me, Abraham, the intelligences that were organized before the world was. 
And among all these, there were many of the noble and great ones. Man was also in the beginning with God, and thus man is co-eternal, but certainly not co-equal with God. That's by Neil Maxwell. I think I told you that, didn't I? The primal it, the primal intelligence of man, never was created, being an inherent attribute of the eternal element called spirit, which element composes each individual spirit, and which element exists in an infinitude of degrees in the scale of intellect and in all the varieties manifested in the eternal God, and thence to the lower agent which acts by its own will. That was by Parley P. Pratt. Brigham Young said, There is an eternity of life from which we were composed by the wisdom and skill of superior beings. The life that is within us, a part of an eternal, an eternity of life, and is organized spirit, which is clothed upon by tabernacles, therefore constituting our present being, which is designed for the attainment of further intelligence. And Neil Maxwell also said, As we ponder intelligence... A summational strength and attribute of Jesus, it is vital that we understand that intelligence includes more than raw IQ, it includes judgment. And not only in the judicial sense, he who, was inte- who has intelligence or the light of truth will forsake completely that evil one. To forsake the evil one, as Jesus did, is an act of high intelligence and superlative wisdom. Again, Neil Maxwell. Verse 23, And God saw these souls, that they were good, and he stood in the midst of them and said, These I will make my rulers, for he stood among those that were, that were spirits, and he saw that they were good. And he said unto me, Abraham, thou art one of them, thou wast chosen before thou wast born. Every man who has a calling to administer it to the inhabitants of the world was ordained to that very purpose in the grand council of heaven before this world was. I suppose that I was ordained to this very office in that grand council. And that was by Joseph Smith. The greatest and most important talent or capacity that any of the spirit children of the Father could gain in this is the talent of spirituality. Most of those who gained this talent were chosen before they were born to come to earth as members of the house of Israel. They They were foreordained to receive the blessings that the Lord promised to Abraham and to his seed in all their generations. This foreordination is an election. Paul tells us, and truly it is so, for those so chosen, selected, or elected become, in this life, the favored people. Though all mankind may be saved by obedience, some find it easier to believe and obey than others. Hence the concept taught by Jesus that his sheep know his voice and will not follow the dissident voices of the world. That was by by Bruce R. McConkie. For nearly 6,000 years, God has held you in reserve to make your appearance in the final days before the second coming. Every previous gospel dispensation has drifted into apostasy, but ours will not. God has saved for the final inning some of his strongest children who will help bear off the kingdom triumphantly, and that is where you come in, for you are the generation that must be prepared to meet your God. Make no mistake about it, you are a marked generation. There has never been more expected of the faithful in such a short period of time as there is of us. Each day we personally make many decisions that show where our support will go. The final outcome is certain. The the forces of righteousness will finally win. What remains to be seen is where each of us personally now and in the future will stand in this fight and how tall we will stand. Will will we be true to to our last day's foreordained mission? That was by Marvin J. Ashton. Verse 24. And there stood one among them that was like unto God, this is about Jesus or Jehovah, and he said unto those who were with him, We will go down, for there is space there, and we will take of these materials, and we will make an earth whereon these may dwell. 
It is true that Adam helped to form this earth. He labored with our Savior Jesus Christ. I have a strong view or conviction that there were others also who assisted them, perhaps Noah and Enoch, and why not Joseph Smith, and those who were appointed to be rulers before the earth was formed. That was Joseph F. Smith in Doctrines of Salvation. Verse 25, And we will prove them herewith to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. The test is primarily one of obedience. One way to see if we are fulfilling our foreordained callings is to study our patriarchal blessings. 26. And they who keep their first estate shall be added upon, and they who keep not their first estate shall not have glory in the same kingdom with those who keep their first estate, and they who keep their second estate shall have glory added upon their heads forever and ever. Neil A. Maxwell said, Mortality without the dimension of temptation or trial would not be a full proving. It would be a school with soft credits in it and no hard courses. The tests given to us here are not given because God is in doubt as to the outcome, but because we need to grow in order to be able to serve with full effectiveness in the eternity to come. The relentless love of our Father in heaven is such that it, in his omniscience he will not allow the cutting short some of the brief experiences we are having here. To do so would be to deprive us of everlasting experiences and great joy there. What else would an omniscient loving Father do even if we plead otherwise? He must at, sometimes, he must at times say no. Verse 27, And the Lord said, Whom shall I send? And one answered, Like unto the Son of Man, Here am I, send me. And another answered and said, Here am I, send me. And the Lord said, I will send the first. The plan of salvation was not presented. It was already in place. It was, not, it was only presented to see if we would choose, to choose it or Satan's plan. The plan of salvation was given by God the Father. Christ accepted his part in the plan as the one to redeem the atonement. Verse 28, And the second was angry and kept not his first estate, and at that day many followed after him. Now we know that one-third part, not a third in number, but a third part of those that followed Lucifer. If you think of the people uh, in the pre-mortal life, there were the noble and great ones. There were those that were less than noble and great, whatever that means, and then there were those that followed Lucifer. So that's the third group or the third part that followed Satan. Anyway, uh, this is, uh, again, some premortal things about the creation before the creation, uh, which we will get into soon, in the next episodes. So anyway, I, I bear testimony that these things are true in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.